Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. So welcome, Andrea Harmon, concept developer, specialising in acoustics for healthcare for St. Gaban Ecophon. Andrea, many thanks for joining us. That's okay, thanks for inviting me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, who you are and, and what you do for Sangaban Ecophon? I've worked for Sangaban Ecophon for 25 years, specialising in room acoustics, as well as the physics and the math sides of acoustics. Very much I'm involved in how we react as people to the room acoustic environment how does sound affect us as human beings using that knowledge i mean you've recently completed a a master's in dementia studies can you tell us about what compelled you to focus on that and also what your thesis covered so some time ago uh, we became involved in the design of specialist care homes for people with dementia and hospital wards for people with dementia and looked at the acoustic standards which at that time there was some variation Mm -hmm. between different um, different places different standards different countries and what they were asking and, and why they were asking for these things and rather than the environment being home like and suitable for really a living space for a lot of these people it was quite institutionalized and so we began working on on was that was that a need did these spaces need to be institutionalized and why was this variation in the acoustic requirements why if in one country you needed one sound environment why was that different in in a different country Um, that then led to me starting my master's in dementia studies with the with sterling university and um, yeah my thesis was on on sound and actually on the acoustic requirements and looking at research in an extra care space oh you specialize in acoustics in in healthcare environments Um, I'd really like to talk to you today about hospitals um, and how improvements in sound quality can make a world of difference to patients and and actually the staff as well. Maybe we could sort of start on what you think the main issues, what the main problems are that um, are in a topical hospital environment. Yeah, well, hospitals are becoming very noisy. This isn't a recent trend. This is something that has been going on since the 1960s. And year on year, they're becoming noisier and noisier. Um, A lot of this is due to the fact that there's a lot more machinery uh, and alarms involved in hospital care now. Lots of the communication in hospitals is via speaking and telephones. Mm -hmm. And then there's the logistics actually moving patients around. Patients don't necessarily stay in one pace for, for very long. 24-hour working environment on a lot of wards so this isn't there isn't a a night day transition overly Um, and this can be quite stressful for people who are trying to rest trying to sleep trying to recuperate but also quite stressful for staff it's quite stressful for people to work in noisy environments and concentrate in the noisy environment as well. Um, I know you spoke before about where there's a sort of practical side of things where so to build, you know, infection control, 
and they've got hard surfaces as well so it's sort of sound reflecting yeah so this the design of the space for um, infection control requirements for cleaning which is very very important with any type within any type of hospital environment mm -hmm. means that sound tends to bounce around the space and reflect off of these finishes um, and back towards the back towards the patient and whatever's going on in the sound source and again you've mentioned in the past to me that obviously people you know using healthcare they've got different needs and they need a better acoustic environment like you know sort of sight impaired or hearing loss can you maybe explain you know what their challenges might be yes so for people with hearing loss having clear speech becomes really really important mm. and if you're in a space that's very echoey or very reverberant or very noisy then the speech signal becomes lost amongst all that that noise and it's very difficult to understand um, hear clearly and understand what's going on and what what instructions you're given people with sight loss tend to depend a lot more on their hearing um, people with dementia will quite often have hearing loss as well as de dementia so the sound environment is very important to them say intensive care where people are very vulnerable extremely vulnerable and need an awful lot of care tends to be one of the noisiest parts of the hospital and this is one of the spaces where we want people to be able to rest we want them to be able to recuperate we want them to be able to to sleep well it's true actually isn't it it does it does make a difference if you can get a good night's sleep anyway um let alone if you are trying to heal um and hospitals are scary places anyway and if you have got that cacophony around you and you have no rest then yeah it can obviously be disorientating and and it's it's also a matter of control mm. we feel much better about things we can control in our environment and when we go into hospital we give up quite a lot of of control um, and these sources of noise and sound we cannot control them we can't control the, the sound of bleepers and and alarms mm. the sound of the nursing staff it, it's all without uh, outside of our control mm. and we tend to to feel a, a lot worse about noise that we can't control that's true yeah i mean what do you think could be um sort of the you know straightforward or sort of the best improvements the hospital could make to improve the acoustic uh, quality of their environments? A, a very straightforward uh, improvement would be to, to add sound absorption. There is an acoustic standard in hospitals that um, says that sound absorption should be added and could be added to, to the ceilings as they're out of the way and, and not used uh, very very much it gives you a large expanse of space to add sound absorption that's fairly uninterrupted as opposed to walls and floors where there's there's lots lots going on and this sound absorption would actually stop that sound echoing around the space so it immediately provides a much calmer sound environment and improves the speech clarity um, Another change is in behaviour. We've done some research and some work previously with a hospital in Scotland looking at a traffic light system on a ward where when the sound level rises, 
um, the, the traffic light goes from green to amber and if it rises even more that then goes from amber to red and it gives you an instant visual as to how noisy the space is because a lot of people don't realize how how noisy they are what what sounds they're generating so if you have visitors coming into a ward they they might not realize the impact of of the sound that they're making as they're chatting away to the person that they're visiting they may not realize the impact that's having on other people in in the ward so this traffic lights really gives you a, a, a good instant visual so it doesn't have to be traffic lights but just something that makes people aware of of how how high the sound level is and what impacts that that's having i mean do you have an example of where there was a huge issue with acoustics you you, you know you've put in enhancements i mean if you can maybe explain what they were and how they improved the environment and if you monitored yeah. it how you monitored it we take part in quite a lot of research and one of our research projects was in a hospital in Birmingham looking at one of their wards extremely noisy and had a central nurses station. Um, this central nurses station was generating quite a lot of noise because that's the central space where everything happens. And um, they wanted to do something about it. They also wanted to make the space a lot more open plan. And they knew that in doing that, potentially by making a larger space and more sound reflective with all these hard reflective finishes mm. and allowing sound to travel from the patients and the noises and uh, nurses more, they would then actually increase the sound level. So they, they came to us to have a discussion about what we could do that, that would help them um, because of a system that they had in place we could only add sound absorption to the corridor area we couldn't actually add the sound absorb any sound absorption to the to the um, walls or ceilings within the ward so even by adding sound absorption to the corridor because that's where a lot of the noise was generated from the nurses station it made a huge impact on both the staff and on the patients. Everything seemed a lot calmer, uh, staff seemed calmer, staff seemed to be able to get on or felt they could get on with their work better, patients um, felt that they were in a more restful place and actually felt that they were recovering better. So it worked really well with just a, a minor change. I mean, you mentioned um, to me a, uh, a couple of times before, but sort of about a coronary critical care unit. In Huddinger Hospital in southern Sweden, that was a research study um, where they had a month in a poor acoustic environment, shut the ward for a week, telling the staff that they were decorating. They did decorate in exactly the same colours as previously. Uh, at that time, they also replaced the ceiling again with from one that reflected sound to one that absorbed sound. And then they had another month of recording all levels on patients and of staff and how they felt about their environment. Um, provided an awful lot of data. Hmm. 
to to look at and part of that showed huge um, improvements again in how the how the staff felt about their workload and their workplace how the patients responded to staff the medication that was um, being consumed the levels went down the stay in hospital was reduced in length and rehospitalization was also reduced quite dramatically so that had absolutely huge impacts that's that's real proof that actually making a, a sound improvement <laughs> um makes a sound improvement <laughs> you know yeah. um i mean on so many levels uh, including um obviously the main thing about sort of medication and staff performance and vitalization um and also the, the patients just feeling that they're getting better yeah it's, yeah it's it's you know, physically we can be we can get we can be getting better but emotionally it's when we're feeling that we're getting better we actually feel and i I think that's the difference a good night's sleep makes is that it actually helps our helps our mood so much more and helps us actually feel that we're we're recovering there's a lot of uh, research on acoustics in healthcare is there anything that's happening right now any kind of sort of cutting edge research being done on acoustics there's always lots of research in acoustics that's what makes it really interesting field to to work in um especially with with people we're involved in quite a lot of research at the moment Um, some of it is involving spaces designed with and for people with dementia looking at um, activity spaces and spaces where the sound level raises a lot more so not so much in a hospital more in a care home or community-based environment lots of surveys improvements to the room acoustics and then more surveys and measuring as to any any impacts that those changes will have had and we're looking at new types of construction Mm -hmm. so moving with construction maybe moving more towards modular build um, research on acoustics in in modular environments and how that can be affected if they're they're noisy um, and what those effects are and then potentially how those would affect both both staff and patients um, comparing different pieces of research that we've been involved with to see whether there's a correlation between all the studies. We're looking a lot at how people with different neurodiversity react to the sound environment and whether you can generalize or whether that's quite specific to to individuals. And if it's specific to individuals, how do you then affect the environment when a one size might not fit everyone? So there's lots of interesting, exciting things going on. So how does this all connect with biophilic design? So when we look at room acoustics, where we're coming from is that nature doesn't have walls. And as individuals, we still, from an acoustic perspective, want to be outside. As soon as we put walls around ourselves, as soon as we put ourselves into rooms, our brains and our bodies start reacting to the sound environment 
So we're really closely linked to biophilic design in that what we're trying to design is intrinsically being outside acoustically whilst being indoors when we're you know we're, we're sort of i suppose it's a primeval thing that we're used to being outside yeah. we're used to the sound of nature and then we're when we're stuck in a room we're stuck so then our brain kicks in and goes oh i don't understand what's all this and then it's alien yeah so it's to do the reflections coming back because when you're outside those sound reflections don't come back the sound reflections just dissipate into whatever environment be that woodland be that the sea um generally unless you're sometimes it's different in mountains if you're trying to yodel <laughs> but generally your um our brains are still at that stage of having this reaction to sound of fight or flight mm. and our ears don't turn off mm. our ears are always on and always prepared for action and so by putting ourselves inside, we're actually giving them too much action and taking ourselves to a heightened state of stress. Do you think that some people get the wrong end of the stick about acoustics? Or they get confused about the most or they don't understand or it's a misconception? One of the challenges with, with acoustics is the fact that you can't see it. I felt for a long time that if we walked around in a a purple haze that went darker and darker as the noise as it got noisier and noisier <laughs> then people would do far more about acoustics because we can't see it a lot of the time people don't consider it to be important until they're in a in a situation where it has gone wrong mm. and where it is noisy or it is a bad environment for them acoustically mm. not necessarily in hospitals in in everyday life in every space I'm doing some work with a community centre at the moment, which is the most beautiful design. Uh, floor to ceiling windows, vaulted roof, uh, natural oak flooring. Looks out onto hills, hillsides and woodland, but the acoustics are dire again. It's, it's all these hard finishes. It's the shape of the space and the activities that people are going to do there. So mm. people are going to come there to be a little bit noisy. They're coming there for the lunch club. They're coming there for the mother and toddler group. All different users with all different needs, mm. all different ages. And you have a space that just allows the sound level to build and build and build. So that it becomes uncomfortable for other people using it. From that designer's perspective, he may think that he he was working biophilically because the connections with nature are superb. Yeah. But the acoustics is awful. It's going to be a challenge how you address that. In, I mean, obviously, because it's, it's such a beautiful space, you know, not to yes. distract from the design, but to enhance the acoustics. And that, that's part of it as well. Do you make these things these things highly visible or do you make them so that, that it's, it's invisible? Mm. So do you use finishes that are, that are a feature and accentuate the space? On the other hand, you, you use surfaces and products and finishes that can actually almost not be noticed. And the introduction of artwork that mm. absorbs sound, the artwork that is commissioned will, will connect with nature but will also absorb sound.
Yeah, because you can reprint on your panels. So um, I know they can take take printing. So you can, you know, if someone is listening to this and they're thinking, well, you know, I've got this amazing space and I'm going to, I need to stick up some acoustic panels because it is really noisy, it is really abrasive sound wise, um, you know, but you can print anything on your, on certain. Any image. Yeah, yeah. any image on, on, on certain panels. I know you've got certain um certain ones that, that, that you know that we print on for instance that you've done the testing of um, i know certain printers do it so um but yeah i mean obviously we do it we combine the biophilia and the trees and that kind of thing image Im you know photographically but that's really nice that if you can commission a, you know an artist or a, or a photographer or whatever to create something that you can then um, be printed on a on a, one of your on the ecofon panels and then it be is an enhancement visually as well as acoustically i think it's fantastic um, I wish you luck with that. If they think about it, that's a start. Actually, the action in doing something about it, or knowing that there are products that mean that you can do something about it. Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. <laughs>